The first reading is from the Old Testament, from the book of Psalms. Hear the word of God as it comes from Psalms 80, verses 1 through 7 and 17 through 19. Hear us, O shepherd of Israel, you who led Joseph like a flock, you who sat enthroned between the cherubim, sent forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, Manasseh, awaken your night and come and save us. Restore us, O God, make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. O Lord God Almighty, how long will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You've made them drink tears by the bowlful. You've made us a source of contention to our neighbors and our enemies mock us. Restore us, O God Almighty, make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand, the son of man you have raised up for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us and we will call on your name. Restore us, O Lord God Almighty, make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. And now a reading from the prophet Isaiah from the 64th chapter, beginning with verse one through nine. Hear the word of God. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that mountains may tremble before you. As when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. But when we continue to sin against them, you are angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We're all shriveled up like a leaf, and like the wind our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and made us waste away because of our sins. And yet, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We're the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, O oh Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. O oh, look upon us, we pray, for we are all your people. Our last reading of the scripture comes from Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Hear the word of God. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank God for you because of his grace given in you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way and all your speaking and all your knowledge because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you strong to the end so that you'll be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into the fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We are entering into the season of Advent. The first candle we'll light is the candle of hope. 
And United Methodist churches all around the world will be celebrating lighting this candle of hope along with other denominations. In many ways, the first candle of Advent becomes a sacrament for all of us, especially during this global pandemic. It's an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual truth. This candle reminds us that we are a people who are not without hope. Our hope is in the Lord who made heaven and earth. And in Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, he wanted to remind them of this hope and thank them for being the church and how the grace of God has given to each of them. Paul said, and listen, I have good reason to do this. I have seen and experienced for myself the gifts that God has given to each of you. Paul said, I just want to say thank you. While serving one of my churches early in my ministry, out at Pitts Chapel United Methodist Church, the head usher was Jimmy Bryant. And Jimmy and I had a difficult time in trying to communicate with each other because Jimmy was deaf. And knowing so, I'm called as his pastor to learn how to communicate to him. So I took a course there in Jones County on sign language. So I speak in sign language. And so I was communicating with Jimmy and I would as like every Sunday and I would say, how many people are in the church? And he would tell me and we got to talking back and forth. And uh, as the choir was singing their, their anthem, I just looked at Jimmy and I did this, which means I'm so smart. And he made a remark that probably was not a good remark to make in church, but his sister noticed the conversation we were having. And after church, we were rebuked for using sign language and talking during the service. Now you have to understand, Jimmy was just huge, big, just full of life. And when I would go pick up Jimmy, I'd drive up to his house and I'd roll down my window and pretend to honk on the horn. And then I would make mouth my words like, Jimmy. And he'd come out laughing. He'd get into the truck. We would drive and go make hospital visits together. Jimmy loved doing that. He had such a tender soul. Well, when Jimmy got into the car, immediately his hands started moving and talking to me. And the only way I could slow him down was to reach over with my right hand and pulled his hands from stop talking. So stop talking, Jimmy, you're talking too fast. When we got out of the car, we had parked, we were right in front of the middle Georgia hospital. And as we walked across the street, having been speaking, speaking in sign language all morning, the lady paused and allowed us to walk across the street. I looked at her and I simply said, thank you. When I did that, she looked at me and said, you're welcome. And she winked at me. So sometimes the way we communicate can get us into trouble, but I simply just wanted to say, Thank you. There was a group of guys sitting in a hotel lobby years ago. And as they were sitting there, a gentleman walked by and all of a sudden one of them looked up and said, oh my gosh. He said, y'all know who that is? He said, that's Dr. Norman Vincent Peel. He said, somebody stop him. Dr. Peel, Dr. Peel. So they ran to him. And as they began to talk to him, they said, Dr. Peel said, I can't believe it's you. He said, yes, it's me. He said, what are you doing here? He said, well, I'm giving a speech tonight. I'm talking inspirational talk tonight here in the hotel. He said, oh my gosh. He said, I bet you get paid a lot of money to do that. He said, well, I don't know about that. And so one of the guys said, Dr. Peel, he said, throw out one of those hundred dollar words. And Dr. Peel paused a minute. And then he looked at the gentleman and he said, thank you. There's something about hearing these two words that opens our heart. 
These words have the incredible power to reduce hurt and anger while allowing healing to fill our souls. These two words are almost magical in the way they can repair damaged relationships and hurt feelings. There's nothing worse that can happen in a relationship than to have hurt feelings along with anger and bitterness. I don't know how many of you have ever encountered this before, but having conducted many funerals, I'm always just cannot believe sometimes the family does not get along, more especially the children of the deceased loved one or parent. In fact, on one funeral, I had one brother on one side and another sister on the other side, and neither one would speak to each other because of the bitterness and the hate they had. Recently, I was at the hospital with my father who passed away two weeks ago, and I had the wonderful privilege to be with him almost every single day, spending time with him and hearing different words that he would say. And he would just wake up out of a dead sleep and just say words. And on one occasion, he woke up and I said, Pop, are you okay? And these are the words he said. Hurt causes more damage to the vessel in which it is stored than over the object which it is poured. Anger causes more damage to the vessel in which it is stored than over the object which it is poured. In this first letter of Corinthians, Paul talks about the issues of anger, hurt feelings, divisions among the early church members, and we've all experienced that from time to time. Yet he begins with a word of thanks. The scripture says, I thank God for each of you and the grace of God which has been given to each of you in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I have good reason to do so because in him you have been enriched in everything. Wow, these words, hope, joy, love, peace. Oh, are these the different candles of Advent as we prepare our heart for the coming of the Christ child? These are the powerful words of Christ given to each of us as we live out being the body of Christ, being the church. Paul continues, because of this, there's nothing else you can lack until the coming of Christ. Hmm. When we will all be reunited with him in glory. In fact, if you simply just skip in your Bible over to chapter 13, let's get to the chapter of love. Paul says, love's the answer. Now, I know I've already chastised or admonished you about your anger, your hurt feelings, your different gatherings, just all the other issues that are going on. But love conquers all. Love believes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Paul begins this letter by saying thank you. But however, at the end of this letter, it's almost like he's saying, well, you're welcome. Let me say it again. I thank God for each of you and the way God has enriched your lives through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you. Two of the most powerful words we can speak to one another out of love. How can these words adequately reflect the love and appreciation you have in order to respond to one who has shown you incredible generosity or radical hospitality? It sometimes can be overwhelming. 
Two weeks ago, we were at Pine Point Hospice. My whole family, we were surrounding my father. We were telling him goodbye. In fact, I would tell my daddy, everything's going to be okay. Walk to the light. Take the hand of Christ, as was my older brother, my two younger sisters, and my mother, who continued to caress and kiss him. I had to decide, is this the time? Am I to be the son or am I to be the priest? You see, God doesn't always give us what we want, but he always gives us what we need. And no sooner had I thought those words, Reverend Mark McGoney from Martha Bowman United Methodist Church walked in, who's my family's pastor, and he said the prayer. And after giving the prayer, I sang to my father, be not dismayed, whatever betides, God will take care of you. And he passed from the world of the supernal and entered into the world of the eternal. I'm forever thankful to you, Mark. More especially, I called up Dr. Buddy Cooper, who was his senior pastor, who mentored him at St. Paul United Methodist Church. And I said, Buddy, I said, I just want to let you know, I want to thank you for what you gave my family. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, my father passed this afternoon. And it hadn't been for you mentoring Mark and enriching his life with the love of Christ. He was the one who walked in during that incredible moment when my daddy passed from this world to the next. I want to thank you for lovingly mentoring him so that he is the pastor who he is today. My family and I are so blessed, so many friends, loved ones in our lives. We have been overcome with radical hospitality shown to us. And I've been writing thank you notes to many of you. I write a couple. I get weepy-eyed over just how many and, and how the body of Christ has really shown forth and enriched your lives by showing your love and compassion, your thoughts, your prayers to all of us. There was a nurse up at Navicent. Her name was Kimberly Claxton. And there was one thank you letter in particular that I wrote this past week to her, one of the nurses who cared for my daddy. And if you're happy to find yourself in the heart tower, you want to hope that Kimberly Claxton is the one taking care of you. My daddy addressed her as beautiful. She would walk into his room and say, hello, Dr. Lanford. My daddy would respond by saying, hello, beautiful. He did not address me that way when I walked into his room and sat down with him all day, but he did with Kimberly. Some nurses might have been offended by his salutation, but not Kimberly. She smiled, simply doted on my daddy, and thanked him for referring to her as beautiful. Kimberly Claxton was as beautiful on the inside as she was on the outside. She would pat his shoulder. She would administer the shot of morphine to reduce his pain and suffering. He really didn't want the morphine shot. I said, Daddy, why aren't you wanting to take the shot? And he said, I don't want to get addicted to it. I'm thinking 89 years old, final days of life, and you're worried about getting addicted to a drug. Always the consummate doctor. He told her one time, he said, you know, I am the doctor here. And she responded, yes, sir, but I am the nurse. And you'll feel so much better after having this shot. He would shrug his shoulders, nod his head in compliance. Kimberly Claxton on that day was the hands and feet of Christ to my daddy. More especially, she possessed an incredible personality that through the gifts and graces that God has given to her to minister to my daddy. 
Thank you, Kimberly. Words are simply not adequate to express my family's appreciation of what you gave to my daddy those last days of his life. I thank God for you, Kimberly, for in him you have been enriched in every way and all your speaking and all your knowledge because of our testimony about Christ. It was confirmed in you that day. These are the words of Paul to the church at Corinth. To all of us this day who are part of the body of Christ, I always thank God for you because of his grace given in Christ Jesus. As you leave this place of worship this morning, I pray that you will reflect upon his word. Allow yourself to be used for his glory, to be the body of Christ to somebody in the church, in the community, to your neighbors, to those who are marginalized, to those who are feeling helpless during this horrible pandemic. I pray that God will put you this day in someone's life to be a blessing so that you might experience the love of Jesus Christ through your radical hospitality. Are you thankful this morning? I am. I thank God for each of you, for the way God has enriched your life with gifts and graces so that we might experience his hope this day as we journey forth to be the church. Thank you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.